On this episode of the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast, we talk in detail about suicide. Please use discretion. If you need any support, please call the Samaritans or the charity Calm. A very, very warm welcome to the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. We are on episode number 10. We've hit double figures. We are on double figures. How cool is that? The Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. Just three mates talking everything mental health with me, Adam Collins, Adam Harvey and Lisa Cooper. What a team, hey? What a team. Thank you for introducing me. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I just want to roll back there because uh, I appreciate you introducing me as Adam Harvey. But earlier today... Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know what he's going to say. ...in the gym and... uh, she went, she looked at Adam Collins and went, you're Collins. And then looked at me and went, and you're the other one. Oh. <laughs> that is genuinely what she said. Who said that? She, it doesn't matter who. <laughs> we don't name names on it, at least. <laughs> but they are a listener and we are grateful that she listens. So yeah, thank you. Are you like, like Ant and Deck and you're like Ant and he's Deck? I'm the one with the big forehead, look, whichever one he is. <laughs> I think Dex's the more well-known one, isn't he? How can they be one more well-known than the other? That is just... Yeah, but like, if you asked who everyone's favourite was, they would say Dex. Not that Ads is a favourite. <laughs> oh. like, can you edit that bit out? No, not editing that out. People are seeing the real least. After the knives last week about your squat. My brain. House. I tell you what, my mouth like goes before my brain thinks. I don't ever... I've got no filter. Should we start again? Ready? Welcome to the really bad moment. <laughs> no, no, no. Leave it in. Leave it in. Don't worry. Um, so we're on episode 10. We've got some really exciting news because today we are interviewing Aaron from It's Okay To Be You Clothing, which is really cool. He's going to be on a show later. So he's going to join us and we can interview him. We've got some questions. We're all prepared. It's like we're professional, don't you think? Definitely. Sort of. Neither of you look convinced. <laughs> Moving on. Episode nine. Lise. You caused some controversy last week because <laughs> of your um, your beliefs that Michael Jackson is still alive. Tell us more. Well, so yeah, in the week I was thinking, I was a bit delirious with tiredness last week when I got back and I just kind of went, oh, I just think he's alive. But I had a reason behind that. So do you remember, like, before he died, he was going to do a massive tour, wasn't he? Because you ever watched a film that came out? And like I went to the cinema to watch that and he was so, like, unorganised and it was just never... I, in my head, I just thought, that tour was never going to happen. And he didn't want to like cancel it because of the money it would cost. And in those days, people just didn't cancel tours, did they? Like nowadays. Oh, you suggesting he pulled the ultimate sickie? Yeah, I think he faked his own death because he didn't know how to get out of this tour, and he wouldn't have wanted it to have been anything less than like you know, like the bad tour or the thr- do you know what I mean? Because he was such a he wanted to go out yeah. on a high. Yeah, so he, he put on that massive tour, didn't he? It sold out. Everyone wanted to go and see him. And then I think the realisation kicked in that it wasn't going to be anything because he was so, like, he just wasn't with it, was he? Like, if you watch that film, he just was never going to put on a show like he used to do. And I think he just thought, do you know what? I need to fake my own death to get out of this. That's That was my thinking behind it. So do you think he turned up in that Turkish hotel that you were in the other day? And that <laughs> no, was I, don't genuinely... Genuinely think, I don't genuinely think that was Michael Jackson. That was me trying to be funny, but obviously it didn't work. Because <laughs> what everyone won't know is you've showed us the video of that guy. And I've got to say, he, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, was the worst Michael Jackson in person. I, know, I think I could have done that. Yeah, I thought he was going to sing. And he wasn't even miming to all the songs. Like, I thought he might be like a bit of a drag act kind of, you know, miming along. He was just doing the odd words. Yeah, it was terrible. I could have done that. You should have done that. I can't moonwalk and I can't sort of... <laughs> but... <laughs> You'd still be better than than that Michael Jackson. Than that was, day. yeah. He did have a nice sparkly jacket. But yeah, that was my thinking all along. Like, all those years ago when he died, I was like, oh, that's... Or didn't die. Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> so, Hans, do you think Michael Jackson's still alive? You know, I, I, I keep an open mind about all sorts of things and I'm always willing to hear the science and the evidence behind it. Yeah, I absolutely think he's dead. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's move on. Harves, did you watch Lone Survivor? You didn't, did you? Um, yeah. <laughs> so we actually watched Lone Ranger. <laughs> no! It's Lone Ranger like... Yeah, it's um, Johnny Depp plays Tonto. Was it any good? Oh, so like a modern day Lone Ranger. 2013 Disney, huge budget, great cast, awful film. It crashed big time. We spent a lot of money on it, and it, yeah, it didn't recoup any of it in the box office. Um, but yeah, it was quite funny. So I messaged my wife during the day on Saturday, saying tonight takeaway, and we'll watch Lone Survivor. And she went, "Yeah, I'm up for that." And then later that evening, she went, "Oh, I've just put the film on." And I came and sat down, and in the top corner it said Lone Ranger. <laughs> she went, "Is this not it?" And I said, "No, no, Lone Survivor." And she went, "Ah, oh, I did wonder why you were going to watch this." Brilliant. <laughs> watch Lone Ranger anyway. <laughs> 
so we are pretty much famous and can jack in our day jobs now because you guys know this, but the people of the podcast won't know this. I sent Lauren jumps. Yes, she has 1 million followers. I sent her a message saying, Hey, Lauren, how's it going? Fancy coming on a podcast? She only bloody replied and said, here is my email address for her. Yeah, contact my agent. <laughs> or I reply. She hearted my message. I mean, we're practically best friends. I don't think that's as good as like my JLS DMs, but I'll give you it. There's more chance of me being best friends with Lauren Jumps <laughs> than there is that Michael Jackson's alive. I thought you were going to say that I would be best friends with JLS. I mean, I practically <laughs> am best friends with JLS. Oh, uh, yeah. You have messaged him a couple of times <laughs> and you've got photos with him. On, on our great celebrity hunt. So we're obviously, you know, we're clearly trying to yeah, get a celebrity to endorse bag and I messaged Susan Shaw of uh, Hearsay fame and uh, I got a response as well and it wasn't just hey come on guys don't shoot me down my agent's email address there's a bit more to it because I was actually listening to another podcast a guy called Rob Moore who does he does a lot of business podcasts a lot of money podcasts he does the disruptive entrepreneur and the money podcast but in his disruptors series he interviewed Susie Shaw from from Hearsay and she spoke a lot about the mental health challenges she had with the fame at that young age how they were mismanaged, how she was um, subject to the phone hacking scandal at the time and how she battled with alcohol. And she now has a wellness brand and she's reinvented herself along those lines. So actually, I, she's a, a really good person for people to get out there and follow from a mental health and well-being point of view. I couldn't actually name a hearsay song for you. So Pure and simple. Pure and simple. Sing us out. Wherever you go, I'm gonna be there. Whatever you do. we're not at the end yet, Lise. No, we're gonna Save it. Be there. Okay, Lise, we need to talk about the Barrett Memorial Award. We do, we did it. It was hot. Oh my goodness me, was it hot? It was wasn't that it was hot? the day, it was like nearly 30 degrees, wasn't it? It was me, I think it was 33 degrees in my car when I left here. It was ridiculous. It was uh, me, you, and Ollie. Um, Ollie, my 14 year old son, and we said, Let's do this, and he beat us by about four minutes. He was quick. Yeah, he was fast. He me? was quick. Four minutes. Four minutes. He was like, he was back yeah, over. He was laughing me. He was around ahead of me. I was like, oh, do you know what? As well, I found my time from last year. I was three minutes slower this year. Yeah, but it was it was so hot, wasn't it? It was so it was hot. hot. Yeah, and to the people listening, I mean, we, obviously we know we've got a worldwide uh, listenership. Uh, and some of those people are in quite hot countries. So 30 degrees Celsius is not that common in England, not that common in Shaftesbury, Dorset, that's for sure. So when it happens, yeah, we feel it. Yeah, and I had trained in the morning as well. We'll add that in. Take that into account. Yeah, all right. Then. Yeah, I hadn't. And I'd had a week off. So you'd warmed up. <laughs> yeah, no excuses, Lise. Come on. And then the <laughs> next day, we decided to do the 300 for 300 challenge. So how are you feeling half after that? Yeah, I've, I think I'm just about recovering now. What day are we on now? We're on Wednesday. So we did this on Saturday morning. We're now on Wednesday. But what an experience. It was great. Absolutely loved it. Really enjoyed doing it. Big shout out to the people that did it with us that aren't on this podcast. So we've got uh, Tom Belmont, Crazy Amy that did it with us. And then we had drop-ins, Emma, Johnny, John. John Radar. Ollie, Rach, who, Rach, who turned up armed with sweets and pastries and then jumped on the bike as well brilliant yeah louise chan and louise yeah on a, on a break on a lunch break it was fantastic wasn't it i've got to be honest with you guys i totally underestimated how hard those burpees were going to be oh, so we did too. 300 burpees with a weighted vest on after about 25 burpees i thought to myself how the hell are we going to get through this but you never show it that's what we love about you you kept us all going you're like come on guys another 10 another 10 and we're like the reason the reason we got through it was you was partly because of you, Ad, because your motivation skills are top. Like, leadership is your bag, clearly. <laughs> That's really nice of you to say, Half, thanks. But also, we're doing it for charity. We're doing it to raise money to put people through through counselling. And we have to keep in mind the struggles that some people are going through mentally. And although doing 300 burpees with a weighted vest on is really hard physically, it's not half as hard as some of those mental challenges that people have got going on. Exactly. And do you know what? We raised some some really good money out of that. Some really generous people got in touch with us and, and helped us out. And that's going to help that early intervention, life-saving counselling. So it means that we can really get this programme up and running and get those people who need help the help they need. So it's a really cool thing. The other thing that it proved to me on Saturday was the distances we run at CrossFit. We've got a 400 metre, 600 metre, 800 metre, one kilometre and one mile run are all totally incorrect. <laughs> Correct. Don't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> they really Jesus, are. Jesus, we'll be running down to the Ivy Cross garage and back. Yeah. Now. Well, we had Tom Belmont on his on his um, Garmin watch. I think it was a Garmin, wasn't it? I'm saying Garmin because we can tag that. You know, we'll be sponsored on soon. I think it was his Apple Watch, but yeah. <laughs> is Garmin Apple Watch well, I think it was Strava and um, we ran we decided we were just going to all run together so we talked about doing it in a relay and then we said look this is all about sticking together this is all about teamwork let's run together and the five of us did it and it was like nine laps of the trading estate wasn't it and it should have been about six shouldn't it exactly and whilst we were doing that Rach was smashing it on the bike erg so to, to do a similar distance and it was such a cool day wasn't it it was. I'm mean, going to say a massive thanks to Ben for coming to take some photos. Ben Chandler, photographer. Yeah, ben Chandler. Awesome pictures. Yeah, with yeah, wicked photos. And I'm still taking painkillers today. I genuinely oh. am. I was taking painkillers today. I've got a friction burn on my back because my vest was so sweaty, the vest I was wearing, but it was rubbing against my weighted vest. And I've got a massive like friction burn about the size of 50 pps. Well, have you seen Harv's knees? Both his knees have got no skin on. I've got burpy knees. Doing the burpees. Burpy knees. So the t-shirts are live on the website. So if you want to get involved with the support for 300 for 300, please go on the website, which is badco.uk and order yourself a t-shirt. If you want anything else, vests, hoodies, whatever you like, get in touch with our wonderful office lady. You can get hold of her at orders.badco at gmail.com. So please support us where you can. So next on the list, we're going to talk about us climbing Snowden. We are now booked in to climb Snowden. Yay! I say climb, it's more of a steep walk, walk. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. not an actual climb. We're, I don't think we're quite there yet. We're brave and determined, but we're not quite at mountain climbing skills, would you say? No. No, but I think as, uh, as, as people that were brought up in and around Shaftesbury, we've had plenty of good practice. Absolutely. You know, Gold Hill's pretty much a mountain, trying to get up there. And for the people who don't know what Gold Hill is, Google the Hovis advert and you will then see Gold Hill. It's supposed to be in Yorkshire, but it's not. It's uh, in Shaftesbury. Dorset. Yeah, and there's also a, another version from the two Ronnies taking the mick out of that advert. So uh, watch that one Oh, too. I've never seen that. Wasn't it in Far From The Madden Crowd, the film? That was filmed in Shaftesbury. Yes. See, with that and Lauren Jumps, we are pretty much famous. And Susan Shaw and JLS. Wherever we are, like... We're putting Shaftesbury on the map. I, I, I'm going to take a punt and say that is the first time ever that Far From The Madden Crowd, Lauren Jumps and JLS were mentioned in the same sentence. <laughs> the most up-to-date fact we got is it's 2022, and Lise, you can come with us as our honorary man and climb yeah. Snowden for Better Man UK. So that's really cool. If anyone wants to get involved, because we're trying to get lots of people to come along, then you can go on to, I think you posted today, didn't you, Lise? Yeah. So yeah, if you go onto Instagram, you'll see it on there. Um, Di and Dave are going to come with us from the gym. Uh, I love Di. I love Dave as well, but Di's one of my favourites. Yes, but the we've got to wear bad bad co stuff because we need a photo at the top. We need we need Ben Chandler to come as well so he can photograph us at the top. Can we still say climbing? Can we say walking? I feel like it's a walk. I feel like it's more of achievement if we climb though. I'm going to do it on all fours. There you go. There's a challenge. <laughs> a mechanical bear crawl all the way up. <laughs> People are just going to walk by you. there. <laughs> Like a bear going up it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, we've got some <laughs> other exciting news. From the day we started the Brave and Determined Company, um, we've always wanted to have the Brave and Determined Charity, and we've made some really, really good progress on that, on that this week. And we've actually got a meeting uh, towards the end of the week where we're going to start work on the Brave and Determined Charitable Trust. Ooh. And so once we've got that up off, off the ground, then, then we've got a, a vehicle to put all of the profit from the Brave and Determined Company into the charity, and then we can start giving all of that money away and we can start filling that pot hopefully easier because we'll have a charity number so that's a really really cool thing that is cool very exciting news uh, and i'd like to add that we tend to have our meetings in the grosvenor arms in shaftesbury and they have lucky beer uh, lucky saint non-alcoholic beer on tap and i'm a big fan of non-alcoholic non-alcoholic beer being on tap so shout out to the uh, to the Grosvenor Arms and shout out to Lucky Saint. I always liked the Grosvenor anyway, but now it's got Lucky Saint on tap. I love the Grosvenor. Does non-alcoholic beer cost as much as normal beer? Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only downside. Oh. It's the same price. It you still have to be 18 to buy non-alcoholic beer, you which do. is weird. And I think it must still be taxed in the same way, even though it's got no alcohol in it. How weird. 
Yeah, I mean, it does have a very, you know, often they have like 0.5, don't they? I did hear an interesting fact from Mr. Andy Ramage when I first started my non-alcoholic journey, and that was that it's okay to have 0.5% alcohol in your beer because there's more alcohol in a ripe banana than there is in a non Oh, yeah, or like beer. mouthwash and stuff. That's got alcohol in, hasn't it? Yeah, or paint stripper, yeah. <laughs> Not that we're drinking. You know you, when you have an x-ray... And it gives off that um, radiation. In an average banana, there's more more radiation than there is in a uh, normal mouth X-ray in the dentist. Wow. wow! But you know what? We are spitting facts tonight, <laughs> aren't we? Facts tonight. <laughs> Maybe we need like a fact like portion of the of the podcast. Okay, should we get Erin from It's Okay Clothing onto the show right now? Yes, absolutely. Our first let's guest. Our first guest. So let's welcome Erin from It's Okay to Be You Clothing. Welcome to the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. Thanks for coming on. No problem. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. How are you tonight? Yeah, good. Good, good, good. It's been a lovely day. The sun is shining. Where are you in the world? Just makes everything so much better, doesn't it? Uh, Norwich and Norfolk. Has the weather been good for you today? It's been amazing today, yeah. I've, uh, I'm have i in between jobs at the moment, so I've kind of, uh, may have spent about an hour outside this afternoon in the garden, which is awesome. So. Oh, well, that's always good for your mental health, isn't it? To get outside and see <laughs> the sun. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Am I right in saying that if you're in Norfolk, you get the sun longer as well? Yeah, it's always sunny in Norfolk, like East Anglia. My auntie lives in East Anglia and it's always sunny up there. Never get any rain. It's because we praise Alan Partridge all the time. That's the thing. It's like they're God looking down on us. <laughs> oh, Alan Partridge. <laughs> what, a, what a comedy sketch that was. So, Aaron, tell us about your clothing brand and what made you start it? So, the start, the start, the beginning then. So, uh, clothing brand comes from a really dark period in my life, really. So, in 2018, um, I was married on a high. It's really smug, had the house, car, family, job, expecting a baby. All, the, all of that kind of stuff. And um, my wife at the time lost the baby. Um, and then just kind of my life snowballed from there, really. So kind of like we ended up getting divorced because of it. You know, it just was really hard on both of us. We ended up separated. I ended up moving March, following March uh, 2019, back to Norfolk with four bin bags. My life, my 15 years in Oxford, um, in my car, driving back to Norfolk. God knows where I was going or what I was doing. Just restarting again, really, work and everything. So... Um, for me, it was uh, it, it was a massive shock, just lots of loss, all of a sudden my house and, and having to start again. And um, I just spiraled into a complete clinical depression, real kind of dark period of my life. Um, so but the one thing I, I really remember from it is really feeling really low. It's like the worst hangover I'd ever had, not being able to get off the sofa. And you would speak to people and people would go, I'll oh, just snap out of it. You've got everything, you know, you've got, you've got this whole life now, you're single, you've got you know, you've got your divorce money, you've got this, you've got this whole thing against you. But I was kind of really still pining for what I had before. Um, so, Did you find that was day after day, that that sort of feeling of like the hangover? Yeah, yeah, it got worse and worse and worse. I mean, so don't get me wrong, some days, you know, you, you know, you'd be enlightened and something nice would happen, but you just then go, well, you know, it just, it just then, you know, got sucked out, down again. So, um, but yeah, it was day after day. Uh, night after night all I kind of wanted to do is sleep and, and, and do it and I noticed I was getting really isolated so I was kind of pulling away from people mainly because when you go through these periods in your life really like depressed state you try and talk to people and people like I said are really kind of like don't really get it don't understand it don't really you know they think it's like a switch and go off and you can just change your mindset but it's not not that simple because it just pulls you down the only way I can describe it's like people could say you know you hit the floor and you generally bounce but I kind of went through about 10 floors till I came to kind of a spot a point tough times man it was yeah um and then I think about November time my aunt I've had a really kind of hard upbringing and uh, my aunt just kind of like my surrogate mum and she had a heart attack in the November following so she needed kind of lost her life as well so and then it was just just one thing after another after another um and I remember at the time like I was in and out of hospital because I just wanted somebody to say to me you know it's gonna be right it's gonna be right but I was like creating things my body was giving up my mind was giving up so um, we'll scroll forward to kind of like February 2020 um and I went to my aunt's that day went and worked there just for a, a piece of sanity and I just thought you know I can't do this anymore it's just like I'm reaching out to people trying to talk to people being you know 30 odd year old man middle-aged man trying to talk to people people just don't want to hear it so I just thought you know it's gonna be better off if I just was to to do it so and when you say do it are you okay talking about that yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I think it's really 
important to talk about it. And um, you probably send across all my socials. I really do talk about my story. I probably reference my story over and over again because I think it's just really important that people understand what, what kind of how your mindset goes at that point. And when you say do it, you mean end it? End it, yeah, yeah. So I remember like 12 o'clock lunchtime, I was just like, I need to go to the beach. I just had this really urge to go to the beach. So as soon as I kind of finished work, um, got in the car, drove to the nearest off-licence, I got favourite drink, got Coke, I got a chocolate bar, dairy milk, and I went to the beach. And I was just sat on this beach and I was just like, what can I do? I'm going to do it, but what can I do? And I just thought to myself, actually, sat on the beach, it's raining, I'm just going to swim. It's going to be the easy way, no one's going to find me, I'm just going to swim out to sea. Keep swimming, swim, swim, and I'm just going to go under, and it's going to be done. You like nobody's got to pick me up or worry about it. Just it's done then. So that's what my decision was, and I sat there, and I don't know if you know Lincoln Park, but I was listening to music in my headphones, and the song "One Last Light" came on, or "Last Light," um, which uh, Chester Bennington sung about his mate committing suicide, and the song was about actually I care if one light goes out, and I got into my head, my mind was just telling me that you know. Who would care if my light went out? Like, who generally would care if I was just to go? Who's going to be there for me? Because I actually, my depression has pushed people away. All these lost things that happened. I just felt like I was the problem. So that was it. Um, so it was tough, really, really tough. And I get emotional to talk about it. But um, it's emotional listening to it, Aaron, to think yeah. that you're sat on a beach totally lonely. Was that a thought you'd had before, or was it kind of just a something that clicked and you thought today's the day or had you thought about it before it, bits and pieces yeah it was kind of like I don't know how to describe it looking back it was probably like drips of thoughts about nobody wants me here nobody wants to, to you know to help me I can't get the support I need reaching out to people you'd be kicked away and I was just like I just can't do it anymore I just can't do with this pain my body's giving up like I'm getting ill all the time and yeah I just I kind of I remember sitting on the beach and there was the lighthouse. There just vivid things that I remember in the rain and the lighthouse was just like, I don't know if you know Haysborough in Norfolk, but there's a beautiful lighthouse there and it just, it's my favourite beach in the world. And this lighthouse was just like kicking around and I just, that was it. So I walked towards the water um, and I was kind of like taking my jacket off and, you know, I just wanted to get over as quick as possible. And um, I mean, I just, I wish that we could go back to that day and I could meet you and say, hey, dude, it's okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There must be so many people who, who go through what you went through. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, we'll go into the support group in a little while, but it's it's a common theme of what I'm I'm going through. I mean, my story starts like many stories do. And then most of the time it's because someone's lost something quite important in their lives. And um, it, it just, just triggered this feeling. But um, So, yeah, I was kind of walking towards the beach and see and take my jacket off and get it ready and just as I hit the water no word of a lie my phone rang and um I kind of was like should I answer it should I I don't I was like in two minds about it somebody's obviously calling me I walked back to my phone um and it was my son calling me I've never felt so um guilty and uh like I'd let him down more than anything, like because I have got people there. But this thing here, as powerful and amazing as it is, it can be our own worst. And you're pointing to your head there, where you refer to that. You're pointing to your brain, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, but my uh, my son, his first words were, "Hi, Dad. How are you? What are you up to?" So I had to laugh. I had to just say, "Oh, I've just gone for a walk," as you know. And it kind of it, that was the grounding I needed. That was the absolute grounding I needed. And thank God, my son um, wow. called. I just thank God. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a, there's there's a thing that I say that it's it's really easy to make a decision to do this, and in a way, sometimes it's really calming to make that decision because you know it's going to be the end of it so all your pain that you're going through it's going to end and you, that's it it's, it's such a relief and you'll probably I don't know if you have been around people who have been in the same situation but when people generally make a decision to uh, to do what I did they generally get really elated really happy before they do it because it's a massive sign where somebody's just made that decision they get elated and then it happens and people are like what the hell is, you know what the hell's happened um, but from there I threw myself into therapy I called Calm Calm were like one of the first uh, charities that I, I spoke to and they were phenomenal absolutely phenomenal in the phone and to me about what I could do next 
And I really just gave myself lots of self-love. But one of the things, this is just leading on to the brand, one of the things I said to myself every day while I was kind of recovering, and I call it recovery because that's essentially what I was trying to do, you know, recover my mind back to what I'm doing today. But every day I would tell myself, you know what? It's a new day. It's going to be okay. We're going to get up. We go to the, even just to the shop to get some milk. We're going to be all right. So I used to tell myself, so that's really name the brand. It's okay to be you because that's where this comes from. And it had to be when I came out of, out of it and I'd done a bit of investigating and one of the one of the kind of stats that really sat with me was about 40, 47% of uh, men under the age of 41 take their lives because of me- to, to mental health and it's it's that that really got me like what can we we do um, to, to kind of change the situation we use you know like I'm doing now being vulnerable was the key you know being vulnerable and telling stories is, is what's going to get people opening up I think we um we talk about vulnerability a lot um adam and lisa and i we we say we've got to make ourselves vulnerable it puts us puts us out there and vulnerability is a really a really lovely thing it's a risky thing for for us as people isn't yeah. it to, yeah to put absolutely. yourself out there but you know what you've what you've brought to the table tonight Aaron, i think a lot of people will be so so humbled and pleased that you've you've spoken about that in such depth and you know i can't thank you enough I felt emotional listening to your story and I think there'll be a lot of people out there who probably feel the same. And and I think that your son phoned you and if if anyone doesn't believe there's a God, you know, it's up to everyone what they think, but there's a reason why he phoned you at that exact moment as your feet mm-hmm. touched the water. Yeah. And, you know, you're blessed, man. That yeah, you've, I am. Got, yeah. you've, got, you've got such a wonderful son who, who did yeah. something that he'll... Does he know? How old is your son? Sorry. Really my, son's 19, my son's 19, 19 now. I'll do a little plug on here if I can. Like, he's, of course, um, go for it. Yeah, please. He's phenomenal. Like he is, he's, a, he's a lead guitarist of a rock band called Blue Sunday. So if you like music, please go check Blue Sunday out. They are awesome. They've just been signed. But he's got so much character and charisma and love and care. And, you know, he's, I've always been very open. Like my son has always been my best mate. Always looks at him as being like, I'm his dad. But also he's come to me with everything. And afterwards, he um, he's really receptive to it and really, really open. I mean, he ran me probably about two hours ago and I was telling him I'm coming on the podcast tonight. And it's like I was in I was in Cambridge today and I was speaking to some people and some people talked about mental health. So I told him your story. So you'll probably get like, a couple more followers and stuff. And he does help me out with like, the clothing. He knows the effect that call had. Obviously now he's older. Absolutely, he knows... yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I bet, has that brought you two tighter? Because you've been Closer honest together, with him. Yeah. And like being a 19-year-old lad is tough. You know, it's tough on everyone being a 19-year-old. Oh. You know, a teenager is, is hard work, isn't it? Don't get me wrong, but probably listen to it. It's a bloody nightmare at times. It really is a nightmare <laughs> at times. But, um, you know, he's just your typical 19-year-old boy. And um, But he's just got, I don't know, He's. He, I wish just wish I was more open to things like he was at 19. But, I mean, mental health for me, we, we, we talk about mental health in here. Mental health to me until I got struck down with uh, clinical depression, I probably would have said... I would probably want to be one of those guys who probably said, "I'll oh, snap out of it," kind of thing. You know, yeah. what you got to, you know, what you got to worry about because you, you've got this whole life ahead of you. And I would probably been been quite blunt, but now being on the other side of it, and like my son as well, he's helping friends, and it's just so there's so many conversations up, and you're kind of a bit, a bit more accepting of people and and what they're going through. So you, just, you never know on a daily basis what someone's going through. They could put this whole face on and. The one thing I'm surprised about, Aaron, is that you've got a son who's 19. You do not look old. Oh, that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look old enough to have a son who's 19. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 39. So when I was um, when I was 18, 19, I just got a job to go work abroad and rep, um, and I was in a relationship with mum. It's kind of a loose relationship, but. Um, yeah, he, uh, he he then came along and changed my plans and diverted my plans for life. So I had to grow up very quickly. So I had a mortgage and everything at 20 years old with, with him. So, um, but he is, um, I'm so glad it happened that way because I wouldn't have him now. And he's he's just a little superstar, really. So um, it would be cringe at me saying that. But <laughs> what, was the, uh, what was the band name again? Blue Sunday. Thanks for that, Aaron. That's sort of the driving force behind you starting the clothing brand. But what made you actually choose a clothing brand rather than something else? Was that is it something you've always wanted to do? Yeah, no, it wasn't. I kind of like fell into it really. So I've been a big supporter of Boys Get Sad too, and I've seen the guys what they're doing there. Um, and I've got a graphic design background, um, and it was just a way for me to kind of like use my creative 
creativity to, to put onto clothing to kind of give some of that positive message. Um, but the thing about clothing is everyone wears clothing, everyone wears a T-shirt. So it's a way of getting that message out to far and wide. And for me, it was all about powering the person next to you and the person wearing it. So if you've got a message on this T-shirt and somebody's near it and they're seeing it, it sparks a conversation. And that's kind of like, that's really why I went down the clothing route. Yeah, um, I've got to buy another T-shirt from you because uh, I love the one that's printed on the back that says, hey, you, the person behind me, you know, you're rocking today, that sort of thing. It's a really, really cool thing. Do you want to tell us where, where people can buy your stuff? Yeah, so if you head over to uh, itsokclothing.com, um, all clothing's there. I was going to do the old www, but it's like the the the. And it's and it's twenty twenty two. Hopefully, everyone knows absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that that old like you know from growing up with computers, and it's like oh god, you ain't gonna do that anymore. But yeah, it is okay. Clothing.com. Excellent. Thank you, Aaron. That was great. Um, really good of you to share, and uh, you know, got quite deep and personal so it's really really great my my main question you've kind of touched on already um because i was going to ask why you chose come or the campaign against living miserably as your you know the charity to send your donations uh, and your profits to but obviously you said you know they were a really big help to you um you know right from the start so if you tell us a little bit more about that that'd be good yeah, so I've been uh, trying to twist Calm's arm ever since I started my journey with It's OK. And uh, yeah, so we've just gone into a sponsorship partnership with with Calm. Um, so as yeah, 10% of everything we do will we'll, we'll go to those guys. Um, and as you said, yeah, it's it's the charity that we're at the end of the phone for me. So I did start with It's OK donating to different charities along the way. Um, but Calm was always in the back of my mind. And I, I, I was always doing little bits to try and try and promote Calm and try and donate to calm but they are just a phenomenal unit they have some incredible people volunteers and under the telephone to, to pick up calls to, and they're not just focused on suicide i mean they have a big push on standing against suicide but you can ring calm about absolutely everything and they're a one-stop shop for anyone struggling and as i say it's a campaign against living miserably so anything that's affecting you in your life they're, they're the guys to contact uh, I will just mention that they've started a new campaign today. I don't know if you've seen it called Last Photo, One Last Photo. So the, the One Last Photo, they've got an exhibition on in uh, South Bank in London. Um, so what they've got is lots of photos um, taken of people who uh, just before they committed suicide. So what it's very impactful, very uh, very raw, which I try to do with It's Okay. I always try to be raw about what we talk about and, and vulnerable. But the one thing I've taken away from the exhibition today is the video. So please go check it out if you, you get you get time to see it. But there's people doing magician tricks and sitting with family and smiling at dinner and things like that. And these are all videos just been done before the person went off and, um, and, and took their lives. So it's a real impactful um, charity. And this is why I support them you know, as much as I do, just because of the impact that they do. And it's a, it's a conversation starter. I think that it'd probably be a good time now to talk about the collaboration that we're going to have. So the Brave and Determined Company coming together with It's OK to Be You Clothing. Erin's done some awesome, awesome designing. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, single-handedly, he's put together these T-shirts that I think are going to blow people's minds. Uh, and I know already when we release them, there's going to be lots of people who are going to want one. And I'm absolutely on that list. I don't know if you've seen them yet, have you, Lise? No. I'm the last to find everything out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the first to know that Michael Jackson's still alive. Well, yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> so we're going to release him. Um, I think on the first of July. Is that is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, first of July. Yeah. And you're going to be in Bali at the time. I'm going to be in Bali. Yeah, I fly to Bali on the first, so you might have to hold the home for it, helm for this. So I'll get them all all set up. But yeah, I'm off to Bali for a long overdue three years. I've been waiting. Well, not three years to go on holiday. But I haven't had a holiday in three years, so I'm going for a bit of. Exploring and finding myself in Bali with my partner, so yeah, it, should be, yeah, it should be awesome. A well-deserved holiday, a well-deserved break, I think. Yeah, I think in hindsight we should have all been in Bali to, yeah. to launch this. Really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time, next time. But what we're going to do, obviously, we donate all of our profits to to mental health. So what we're going to do is every T-shirt that we sell um, in the collab between Brave and Determined and It's Okay to Be You Clothing, all of our profits will go to Calm. So we're going to make sure that every T-shirt we sell 
the profit from that that t-shirt will go directly to calm so i think this is going to be a really cool thing when, when we release the t-shirts everyone get onto the website buy them from us or buy them from um from aaron and let's um let's help support calm because they've done some really cool work in the past and we'll do some more in the future so yeah really cool um actually i've got another question just off the back of what you were saying when when you didn't commit suicide obviously it didn't happen and you told people were they surprised or do you think a lot of people kind of knew but didn't want to say anything or do you think a lot of people thought my god I didn't realize you were that low yeah I think it took me a little while to tell people to be honest because I just had to kind of like bring myself to the conversation to start so because some of these people were people I saw to originally who kind of just pushed me aside a little bit not purposely it's nothing on them it's just just the way it goes sometimes but I remember speaking to my aunt my aunt is like my surrogate mother she's just 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 an amazing lady and um she's always been there for me and I I told her afterwards because I was up there at lunch before I went off to the beach um and she was just like she was just devastated because she's just like why didn't you just tell me that's what you were going to do and she trawled mine and she trawled every single uh, charity out there trying to get information to kind of help me and stuff so i think she was shocked um but people are generally shocked when you come out and open and tell people i think generally people are um upset don't know if they see it no one's ever mentioned they've seen signs um but yeah i think people are always a bit shocked when somebody says actually yeah and i think that's part of the problem isn't it is that people don't realize just how they like, say you put up a front and like i know people who are like you say clinically depressed but no not a lot of people would also know that do you know what I mean and it's it's that part of it isn't it that people don't want to show or tell people about I think that um that campaign you say karma doing that one last photo really yeah that, that's, that's incredible that will show people isn't it? that you know yeah that you can be living life and everyone think everything's hunky-dory and like you said you never know what people are going through I've got to be you on the tops and you know the it's okay part is obviously what, what got me up there but be you is actually just all fundamentally for me it's about actually, you know, putting your hand up and going, actually, I'm really struggling now. I'm really, really not feeling great. And this is the way I am right now. And it's just a kind of an acceptance thing. Uh, because I don't know how many more times we have to, in society, go, actually, we're not feeling great and we're having a really tough time. And it's all just about how people listen and, and communicate back. And um, I'm sure through doing what you guys are doing and what we're doing, it's okay that we'll, we'll get this awareness up and we'll get people talking. and absolutely and for for us a huge thing uh you know behind us driving this forward is to break that stigma so we can talk about it and since we've started this podcast since we started the brave and determined company the amount of people who openly talk to us now you know we're a big part of the the sort of local crossfit gym and i've had regular conversations with people in there who have said oh do you know what since you guys said this i've struggled with this or this is a big thing or and it's been a really really good journey so far and we just want to keep spreading that message so it's okay to talk about it and uh, i think this is a really cool thing um yeah my other question was what is the most important thing you've learned in life so far because you're still young <laughs> big question Perseverance. I think perseverance uh, for me, I think that what I did when I went through my moment is I selected a couple of people I thought would be accepting to me of what I was going through. They knocked me back. What I should have done now in hindsight is kept gnawing away, kept finding other people because I do this on every podcast and I say the same thing like, and I did a TikTok video the other day and people were talking about um, there's no one listens, no one does, but that's not the truth. It's finding the people that will listen. And there's lots of people out there, your brand, my brand, you know, uh, you know, there's lots of brands out there, Calm, Andy's Man's Club, lots of different things where people can go to and talk. It's just signposting these people. And, and um... Thanks, Aaron. Um, that's really cool. So last question, and this is a tricky one as well. What's the one piece of advice you'd give someone to improve their mental well-being? Get outside. I like that. That's a really, really cool thing. I've got a dog. She's six years old, Willow. Um, And again, like my son, she's been absolutely amazing for routine. So one of the things that I really did while I was kind of getting through my recovery is she would get me up in the morning because I had to to get her outside in the fresh air. And three times a day, I would do that and it's routine. Um, and she got me going, you know, she got me out and up and doing things and getting fresh air. But, you know, fresh air is, it, it's, uh, you know, the most perfect way to kind of get a good mindset, just being out in, in the wilds and, yeah, and just experiencing the fresh air and scenery. And you live in a beautiful part of the country. So how far are you from the coast? Are you really close? Uh, probably 15 minutes. 
15 minutes from the coast so it's amazing yeah it's really good you know and the beach makes most people happy unless you've got a fear of sand or you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> maybe the water was a more realistic fear to go for yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, and that's you know that's a really cool thing. We've talked about it a lot on here, and what the the simple things that make that make you happy: the sun on your face, the grass on your feet, you know, the the walking in the woods where you can't hear anything other than the birds singing. Those simple things are really fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So thanks, Aaron, for coming on. I think that it's been really cool. You've been the very first interviewee on uh, the Really Bad Mental Health podcast, and we can't thank you enough. It's been really enjoyable. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me and let me share thank my story you. yeah thanks for sharing your story as well yeah it's been amazing so um let's wrap it up there and thanks ever so much Aaron. that's really cool thank you take cheers. care cheers bye. bye bye so what a cool guy he is that was an awesome interview our very first interview and that was really really cool wasn't it amazing guy yeah brilliant it was uh very kind of him to come on and grateful for him to share sharing so much great to share a yeah, story absolutely. like that absolutely put, putting his vulnerability out there and you know i'll be honest with you guys I, it was pretty emotional when he was um talking about the phone call that he got from his son you know i don't know if you guys felt it but i was like a bit choked by that just yeah thinking, i had wow. a little tear i was like yeah absolutely yeah imagine if that phone hadn't rung you know imagine yeah. where where his where his his life and everyone else's he's close to and all the people who love him would be now and it, it's so sad to think that anyone is in that that position you know yeah there's a really good book uh the midnight library by matt haig and it's a story about a girl who's feeding like that and she's in that space they call in the midnight library where she's going to end her life and it sort of shows you all the different things that might have happened in different universes if so if she had that like different choices she'd have made how her life would have panned out and how like your life isn't always choice it's half chance and like the things that you think oh, i wish i'd done that differently would have had another effect on your life in a completely different way it's really good i really enjoyed it the thing for me when aaron was talking about that moment on the beach i just think we, we we're in 2022 no one should be feeling that no one should be on a beach feeling like they've got nowhere else to go and that is a really really huge driver behind his brand and i think that it's really cool that our brand and his brand are working together to stop that sort of thing. He pushes a lot on his Instagram about the silence is killing us. And I think the more we talk about this, the more people we get on board to understand that where other people are and try and break that stigma is a really, really cool thing. Yeah, because you can see how people, I always think it's really weird because people always think once someone's committed suicide, it's quite a selfish act. But I can, I see the other side of it and I can see how people get to that point where they think that's their only choice. And like I say, it's, you know, it's horrendous that that's what people think. And it's so sad, but I can see why things could be that bad, that that seems like the better option. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know how you bridge that gap of thing, making people realise that there's always help out there and there's always something you can do. I it's don't know scary, how isn't that. It? Yeah. Mm. But I mean, like I say, it is talking about it makes a massive difference, but you can see how people get there. Mm. Yeah, it, it is scary. And you think, I mean, I only know the statistics for men. It's, I think it's something like 12 men a day in the UK. So that's one every two hours. I don't know. It's just, it's just, take their own life, that is. I don't know the statistics for women. But you think for every 12 of those that are, for want of a better word, successful in their attempt, there's there's more, I don't know how many more that are attempting and, and failing that attempt and surviving the attempt. And then there are how many more on top of that that are thinking about it? Yeah. So it's you know, the the numbers are absolutely staggering, and it's a you know it's a it's a real problem. And um, you know, if anyone is out there feeling in any sort of way towards what Aaron or or we've spoken about tonight, I think reach out, get in touch with um, with someone like Calm who can help you and and guide you through your journey because it's a really serious thing. And I think pe people should to reach out if you feel anything like that. Yeah, definitely. And the Samaritans are there twenty four seven as well. Absolutely, yeah. So when Aaron started talking um, at the about, he talked about the start of his journey. He mentioned, and I'm going to do this in inverted commas, air quotes, bunny fingers, whatever you call it, having it all, or the perception of having it all. So he talked, you know, family, good job, house, nice car, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, what I wanted to ask him, but I didn't get a chance to, was how would he define having it all now what what does that look like for him now so i'm going to put that question to you two wow that's cool half go oh, on that's a deep first. question god without any thought um 
weirdly I'm probably like you say the opposite like I thought having it all meant you know marriage kids and I've obviously got to a stage now where that's not going to happen for me I mean marriage might happen again but you think one thing is having it all and that's the be all and end all but I've now got to a stage where I feel like I don't need that in my life you know needing something and wanting something are two different things aren't they I think you know seeing my mum be so poorly having your health for me is probably one of the main things having it all good friends you know and just enough enough money to get by and do things that make you happy probably not working as much as I do but you know it's hard to find that balance isn't it of work life but yeah just the simple things in life you know like good friends your family your house yeah my answer is very similar to what Lee said but it's one word relationships knew you were going to say that yeah for me that's all it is having a loving partner wife husband whoever some your your you know your soulmate next to you that's a massive thing and your soulmate is not always your partner <laughs> exactly but you know Absolutely. you know and what i want to say as well is I'm not ruling you out of that, Lise. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yours yours yeah. is out there and you will find that person. Yeah. Sometimes just so much are your mates though, aren't they? You know, exactly, or, you exactly. Know. You know, like look you know. at us three. You know, 18 months ago, we were kind of sort of strangers. We didn't even know it, know each other that well. And here we are now. And I've never had too close of friends, I'd say. You know, you guys know me yeah. absolutely inside out and I know you guys. Um, and for me, it's all about the relationships, absolutely. It's relationships with your family, with your friends, with your work colleagues, with your boss. It's all about relationships, the whole thing. What about you, Hal? No, for me, I mean, I, 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 I'm I, inclined to agree and I've been guilty of uh, chasing the materialistic things too hard in the past. But um, I think, yeah, let's just summarise. To have it all uh, is to have health and to have relationships, healthy relationships. Absolutely. I think that's, that's it. That's it. What I'll do, I've got to talk to Aaron anyway and I'll ask him. Hopefully, well, he'll listen to this. And then, so, Aaron, get in touch and let us know what having it all is for you now. And that would be really cool. We could talk about it on the next podcast. It'd be good to have him back on in six months' yeah. time anyway, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah. Pretty cool. Absolutely. So, I've got a bit of a confession. And Harv's, you're not going to be very pleased about this. You are, <laughs> you're going to be pretty unhappy with me. I'm back on Love Island. I'm back watching Oh, Island. so am I. I've got back into it since <laughs> I'm on holiday. How good was last night? Um, I can't remember what happened. Uh, yeah, what, two of them got kicked out, didn't they? Yeah, and then the other one got on, got on with the other one. I can't think of their names. India. Michael Owen's daughter is actually all right. She was really arrogant to start with, and she's all right now. Oh, no, Lise don't like her. But she's getting on with... Well, I just She's getting feel... on with a fishmonger, isn't she? Well, yeah, but then she's still sleeping in a bed with David, or whatever his name is. Yeah, but that's not her fault, because and... the, the other girl paired yeah, up Yeah, but with... she doesn't have to sleep in a bed with him, does she? Well, yeah, I suppose it's not the law. But she's, she's, yeah, she could go and see what do you think, oh, Well, oh, just, I think it's awful. But enlighten me. So you said two people got kicked off or kicked out or whatever. Yeah. Kicked out what? The villa? Is it a villa? Yeah, the villa. Okay, what did they get kicked out for? Just because they were the least popular. With who? That's how shallow With it the is. public. Yeah. Oh, it's just... oh, no, it's horrendous. It is shallow. It is but horrendous. I think it's, it's turning, I'm a bit with like the, people online are all saying it is a bit of the Gemma Owen show isn't it like she gets a lot of air yeah but she has got 12 horses I mean who hasn't mine are around the garden yeah my 13 Ooh. horses <laughs> I've got some exciting news in my garden today I got my first sunflower oh wow that's cool we used yeah, to grow them when we lived in the old out. place uh, I've got two pots of them. Yeah, I've currently got on. a digger in my garden digging the garden up nice I've got some grass right and that, that sounds very basic but we had we had a planter. We were growing some vegetables in this planter, and I, we, I took it out, and underneath it is just dirt soil where some nice lawn used to be. And I've been on a mission to grow that bit of grass back, and I've become quite obsessed with it. And I get I check on it in the morning now, and see how it's going. <laughs> now, Come on, grass, you having a nice now day? Now that that couple of meters squared bit of grass in our garden is the best bit. Is it? Okay. The best bit, and and I've got to cut the grass tomorrow, and I'm thinking I just want to do that bit with scissors. You should. You should. <laughs> Literally out there chopping the top of it. Keep moving it out, measure it. Make sure it's the same length. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Half, to disappoint you, but oh, yeah, I'm sort of semi back on Love Island. And it'll soon be Casa Moor, won't it, when they put them in two houses and put some more boys and girls in, and then they have to decide. I don't remember that. Decide bit. If... Oh, so they have another villa, don't they? Oh, like they go on holiday. 
yeah so the 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 boys normally go to the other villa with the new girls the girls stay there and new boys come in and then they decide if they're going to recouple with the newbies recouple i mean if you think about the the concept of this oh, program it's, it is it's horrendous it's totally it? shallow isn't it and yeah yeah it's absolutely terrible what do you think of the concept of naked attraction <laughs> oh, I love naked attraction. What I love about it is that these people then go to work the next day. Yeah, there was a vicar. There was a vicar on there who had a piercing in the end of his. <laughs> and there's the one with the old lady, older lady, isn't there? She's like talking about how she likes a bit of, like girth over like length and stuff. And you're just like, <gasps> how do you sit next to her the next day at work and go, oh, "All right, saw you on the telly last night." Oh, I'm not sure this is making it onto Alfred. <laughs> My first experience of naked attraction was I got home quite late one night. I'd been out probably on a, a shout because I'm a firefighter. I don't know if you know that. Um, and I got in and my wife was watching TV and she goes, oh my God, watch this. And I was like, what the hell are you watching? And she's, and then she's trying to explain the concept. Oh yeah, the 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 um, like the door comes up from the bottom. So the first thing you yeah. see is them from the waist down. I'm like, what are you watching? And I know, and they talk about it. I'm just, well, I just talk about shallow TV. That's what made me think of that. I mean... And like you say, Harv, who sells that idea? Who says, hey, guys, I've got an idea for a TV show. What we should have is people meet naked and then go out on a date. Who would say yes to that? Who applies? So you're judging the people you're choosing purely on looks alone and nothing Although they do get to speak, don't they? They get to talk. Right at the end. I don't know. You don't talk properly when you're naked anyway, do you? In front of a... Don't you? I do. <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. It'd be pretty embarrassing to stand there, and you know, as a guy, you'd be there with five other naked guys, a girl who's naked, a presenter, and a whole crew, and and <laughs> yeah. possibly an audience. For all I know, and you're just stood there. It's pretty, that's vulnerability. It's very best, isn't it? Yeah, true, true. I mean, we're fans of vulnerability, but I like, I don't mind, I don't mind bearing my soul, but I'm not bearing my soul. <laughs> you started bearing your body though a little bit across it, we've noticed the last yes. few weeks. <laughs> the shirt's been coming oh, it's off. It's been so hot. Just at the end. It's welcome, that's an achievement. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. Yeah. What was it called, Lise? Gym Gym Timidation. Gym Timidation and getting that shirt. Yeah, you off. didn't that episode, you didn't want to take your shirt off at all. No, 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 I'm 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 sort of becoming okay with it. Just that's who I am. It's what I look like, so Although I did, yeah. I did pick him up on the the hairy the the hairiest <laughs> chest I've ever seen and said, Jesus halves, that's like a thatch. <laughs> you want to trim that? Well, to be honest, it wasn't. It's not the hairiest chest you've ever seen because I was stood next to Tom. Well, that is true, and he is a hairy man. We were doing paired burpees and we stuck together like it's fuzzy fouts, he said, didn't he? Yeah, fuzzy fouts, was it? <laughs> Right, on that note, let's call it a night. So thank you, guys. It's been a really cool episode tonight. Our first interview. It has. Um, yeah, pivotal moment. We've got the double figures with 10 episodes. You know, we're pretty much famous. Is anyone still listening? Do we, <laughs> do we know? We haven't done any like located, new locations. Let's have an weeks. update next week. Right, on that note, guys, let's call it a night. So thanks so much. It's been a really cool episode. It has. Brilliant. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Lise, what are you going to sing us out to? Well, I think that is the only hearsay song, isn't it? There must be others. That's going to offend Susan Shaw if you say well, there was only one song. Well, name it then. Pure and simple. simple. Wherever you go, you know gonna I'm going to be, be there. there. Go on, Lisa, you sing the bit and I'll do the background. You know I'm going to be there. Pure, pure and simple. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll there, be there for you. you. Pure, pure, pure and simple going to be there. <laughs> you know it, Harms. <laughs> Thanks, Good guys. night. Good night. Bye.